get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We go to the celebrity line, and our friend Chip Carey joins us, the TV voice of the Cardinals. Chip, I'm on Jack Duffel Mountain Dew. Chip, I literally am this morning. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, guys. No Mountain Dew yet, but it's coming. <laughs> okay, so uh, compare and contrast the Arizona heat to the St. Louis heat. Uh, a little more humidity here in St. Louis, but uh-huh. it felt a little bit cooler, quite honestly. <laughs> 17 with a hairdryer blowing in your face in Phoenix. It was rough. It's been, it's been a rough oh, week. Chip, I, I was worried about you and, and BT yesterday. I thought he was going to be the first broadcaster thrown out of a game, and I thought you were going to have to tackle him to keep him in his seat. How, how did that whole thing unfold for you? Uh, it's frustrating. Um, you know, we, we talk all the time about, uh, you know, the game will police itself. And I think that's a situation that looking back in retrospect, uh, it's one, in my opinion, where the one rule fits all didn't fit last night. The rule apparently has changed. If the umpires deem that if the batter was hit intentionally, the pitcher is automatically thrown out without a warning. That's exactly what happened last night. But if you look closely at what took place, uh, there was a bigger storyline in play last night. Half knew he made a mistake. He lost the control of the bat and hit, hit his former teammate, bloodied him. He had to leave the game. He felt terrible about it. It was a mistake. It happens, but unfortunate. Uh, he knew that Michaelis was going to try to protect his player, missed with a first pitch that wasn't particularly close, which is what the umpire said, and then hit him where a professional pitcher is supposed to do to take care of business, plunked him in the butt, no injury, no problem. Half knew it was coming. He put his bat down and walked to first, didn't say a word. Nobody said anything. Then the umpires decided to meet, and they read the mind of the batter, the pitcher, and the teams, and the intent, and decided to eject Michaelis from the game, which is silly. If the umpires were not forced, and this is, again, the retrospect part for my opinion, if the umpires had not been forced to intervene in the game, the game would have gone on. The Cubs would have not said a word about Michaelis staying in the game. We wouldn't have had the ejections of Marmel and Michaelis, and uh, the game would have continued. And I'm not saying the Cardinals would have won the game, and Michael has stayed in. The Cubs are swinging the bats really well, but that was a situation where whatever momentum the Cardinals had was taken away by one-size-fits-all approach that the umpires were forced to apply. And I think it's really interesting, Chip, and you've been around the game a long time. The, the umpires that we never hear the names of are the best umpires. It's a bad thing, and this is a good crew, by the way. You mentioned it during the telecast. It's generally a really good crew, but the, the guys that we know the names of are generally the umpires that are trying to put on a show and think, okay, people bought tickets to see me. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think that happens in all sports, and yep. that's unfortunate. But these guys are really great. Uh, uh, they're great people. They're true professionals. They go out there every day and try to do the best job that they have to do. And as I said before, they have a job to do. They are forced to apply the rules as they are written. And we can agree or disagree with that all we want. But at the end of the day, that's what they have been asked to do. I don't necessarily like it. Uh, I also don't like it when guys are headhunters and they go out and they deliberately try to drill people and hurt them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles Michaelis did that, as I said, like they did in the old days. It was professional. It was done. Hap knew it. He was expecting it. It was old school baseball. 
Uh, it was protecting your player. Uh, it was, a, you know, for people who don't understand the game can say, well, this is Wild West mentality, but that's what's made the game so great for 100-plus years and seeing some of that stuff legislated away with, again, as I said, a one-size-fits-all approach I don't think is is uh, productive. And as, as you said, I don't think anybody was there to see the umpires do that. They were there to see Michaelis face the, the Cubs. Hey, Chip, it was interesting the other day after Jack Flaherty's outing, he, he said that he kind of started to think about the fact that it might be his last start in a Cardinal uniform. And sometimes we have a tendency as fans, and because you're around the club on a daily basis, I haven't been around the club on a daily basis in a long time, but we tend to think of players as something less than humans with feelings. And this is a really big deal for these guys because they're for for people like Jordan Montgomery and Flaherty, they're, they're expecting it, but still their life can be turned upside down within the next 48 hours. We talked about that on the broadcast last night, and you're exactly right. Think about this from a practical standpoint. And look, I think we're all jaded by the millions of dollars that players make and the fantastic lifestyle that they and we, by extension, get to live. But think about this. Let's say you're not Jack Flaherty or Jordan Montgomery. You're a veteran guy and you're married. You've established roots in a community and you're toward the end of your contract or you're a valued piece and a team's trying to rebuild. This time of year, in three weeks, kids start school. You've got a home. You've got to uproot your family. You move everybody. Kids have to start new school if you decide to leave the town. I mean, uh, you know, who takes care of the dog? You're not coming home or your family stays back in the town and you go on the road and live in a hotel uh, for the final two months. I'm not just saying that the players should get any sympathy as a result of that because that is part of the game. That's part of the deal. But you're right. These are people. These are real-world, life-changing, life-altering consequences, and not just for the players, but for the family, too. I saw Jack Flaherty's mom out in Arizona, and she was basically in tears after his last start because she thinks that this may be the last time she sees him wear a Cardinals uniform, the only organization that he's known. And uh, the really, really good people and really, really good players are the ones that develop those relationships, and that is the most difficult part of what's already been a difficult season and disappointing one for Cardinals fans. But you're right. These guys are players and people, too, and I think that uh, we all need to recognize the difficulty of them trying to perform on these very bright stages with these kinds of, uh, shall we say, distractions swirling around them here. Chip, we've talked ad nauseum about this uh, trade deadline and who could be potentially leaving. I tend to believe that the Cardinals are in a in a tough position because they got guys that they've talked about trading pitchers, but they need pitching. You got guys like Paul DeYoung and, and Tyler O'Neill who have have been here for a while, but most people think they're not going to be here. But in order to get the ace or to get that starting pitcher, the Cardinals are going to have to trade away someone that is going to be very good. Do you think that that's a potential or, or are we just going to be kind of rinse and repeat into next season as well? Well, I think, you know, to part of the plan, I think all cards are on the table right mm-hmm. now. You know, it, with this season, the way it's going, and look, I, Mo keeps his cards very close to the vest, as he should. It's not my business to break news. It's my business to report it. And, I, and you know, my standard line is I don't tell the GMs how to run the team, and they don't tell me what to say on TV, which is a, a wonderful arrangement. But I, I think if you look at this realistically, um, yeah, it's going to be hard to acquire that top of the rotation ace now. But what if you acquire a whole bunch of assets now that you can flip in the offseason and go get that guy before the season even starts? That's one route. You can sign guys in free agency. That's another route. You can draft and develop your own. That's a route. I think all of those things are going to be in play. What I find refreshing and I'm encouraged by as a a, a new guy and a Cardinal fan now is that there's an understanding that the approach to pitching has to change here Uh, with the no shift rules, with the, uh, you know, the, the, um, (laughs) the pitch clock and and that nature, the, the uh, pitch to contact 
way of doing business in, in the major leagues is going to be a very, very difficult way to sustain over 162 games in year after year. It's a model that worked extremely well for the Cardinals. They've always been a great defensive team on the infield. They could move guys around and their pitchers could pitch to those contact points and get outs. That hasn't happened this year. And I think when we see this staff and we evaluate this staff that uh, the need for more swing and miss is going to be something they look for. Developing swing and miss is something they're going to look for. And obviously, as Mo has said, trying to acquire that at the deadline and after is something they're going to look to, too, as well. And the big thing is when you have those young pitchers and you saw this unfold for a world championship in Atlanta, you have to have those young pitchers pitching for you. And the Cardinals have a ton of young pitchers. And we don't know what Libertor is going to be, but Graceff on the way, McGreevy's on the way, Tink Hens is on the way. At some point, you have to have to get a little bit, little bit lucky, don't you? And just have them pitch for you sure. and not be hurt. Yeah, well, the old saying was, at least in Atlanta, you know, you, you draft ten and you hope one makes it, and yeah. that's really, really the cost of doing business. It is a, a, a position of attrition uh, because guys get hurt, and, and we can argue and for myriad reasons why that happens. But pitchers have gotten hurt. Uh, every year since baseball has been invented. That's just the name of the game. It's unfortunate. Your arm's a catapult, and there are only so many tosses you have in it. Um, and you hope to, yes, get lucky. But as Branch Rickey said, luck is the residue of design. You have a pitching plan in place, and you have a style that you want, and you teach consistently through the system, which the Cardinals do. And you have to have confidence that your scouts will see and find guys. And I think a model to look at is Houston, to be honest with you. Uh, when you look at what the Astros have done, it's not necessarily through the draft. Think about how successful they've been in Venezuela for decades. They go and they find young, inexpensive players on the international market, get them in their system, and they um, acquire boatloads of those guys. And when you talk about buying in bulk, like going to Costco, uh, you wait for that <laughs> one package of strawberries to, to turn into strawberry pie, and it has for them. And I think that's something the Cardinals will, will try to do a little bit more of. And, and again, it's an economic problem as well as it is a talent problem, and I think that the, the Cardinals Cardinals are would be wise, and I think they are going to continue to try to use that model as well. Jeb, you seem to, I want to switch gears, you seem to have so much fun on the broadcast. It, it is fun for us to listen. You know where every fan that catches a foul ball is at, where they're from, in every state you go into, every city. When did you start that, and what is your favorite part of, of broadcasting baseball? Oh, lots of research, Kerry. You know, we've been charts. We know where they are. You know, I've studied them for years. You know, every fan, you know, fan in St. Clair, Missouri, doesn't catch the ball the same way a fan in O'Fallon, Illinois does. I don't know. It's a God-given gift. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like the rock musicians. You know, Jimmy Page said it best. You know, great guitar player for Led Zeppelin. All the great guitar players steal riffs from other people, and they put them together, and they make it their own, right? Yeah. Uh, Ernie Harwell used to do that. My dad used to do it. I like doing it. It's just a way to connect us to the great fan bases uh, that, that we have here in St. Louis and where they come from. And, you know, occasionally you get lucky and a fan walks up and says, you know, the other day you said I was from Ro- a fan from Roswell, Georgia, caught a foul ball. Well, that was me, and I am from Roswell. That's awesome. And they, they, got a going and they go, God, how does he know that? Yeah, it is true, obviously. Um, but, it's, but it is fun. But the, and I, I think, uh, you know, to answer your question, the best part of the job is the people. Uh, you know, there's no such thing as a bad day in the big leagues. And the people that I've been blessed to work with and who have welcomed me so kindly into their family of Valley Midwest has been really, really humbling. Uh, Brad's awesome. Jim Edmonds is a riot. We have a great time, too. Uh, our crew, the people behind the scenes that, that uh, have the impossible job of making us look good, make our booth such a fun place to hang out and be with. And that goes for the guys on the radio side, too. John Rooney and Ricky Horton and Mike Claiborne and Ethan and Michael. 
uh, the guys in the uh, the radio booth make us extremely welcome as well. So that's the best part of it is uh, having that surrogate family that when we're away from our own, even when things are going the way they have this year, it makes it a real joy to come to the ballpark. And, of course, uh, broadcast for these wonderful fans. Uh, Chip, uh, I, I had to text you last night with a, a great line. I just advise everybody to, to tune into Chip and BT and listen because <laughs> you'll always find a, a fun nugget of humor somewhere in the broadcast. Well, we try to slide them in under radar and we try to fool them three, three hours a day every night. <laughs> You're the best. Thanks, Chip. Have a great weekend. Okay, guys. We'll see you, see you next week. You Thanks. Bet. Take care. Right. That is uh, Chip Carey. He is your TV voice of the Cardinals on Valley Sports. Joining us here on 101 ESPN.